Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. You're listening to the Work For It podcast. I'm Brian House. This show, all past shows and future shows, have been sponsored by the beautiful people over at Patreon. Patreon. If you're, like Dennis says in the beginning of the episode, you can support us financially for as little as $10.80 per year. You get the after show where we take one of your questions and answer it in the after show. And there's always some other sort of debauchery going on in the after show. So we would appreciate it if you would consider becoming a patron. And if anything, please just share, like, subscribe, follow, smash that like button, baby, <laughs> when you're listening to the Work For It podcast, because it really does help. Uh, what we do here on the Work For It podcast, if you're just tuning in for the first time, we talk about business in the workshop. That's it. We are makers. We're makers for makers. And we discuss the best strategies on how to be a successful maker. Anyway, I'm straight. I've got other sponsors to talk about later in the episode. We'll do that. Brian, hit it, man. Let's do it, baby. Work for it. You know what that means. Kick your feet up. Tell everybody to go pound sand and enjoy the spoils of all the things you've you've culminated over the years and watch your robots just do all the work for you so you don't have to do anything at all. This is the year 3000 and we don't have to do shit anymore. We just stand around with our dicks in our hands and we're just like raking the money, baby. That's all I do. I don't even do shit anymore. At least that a pretty picture? At least one of the three of us actually is able to do that. That's for sure. Uh, I mean, there's no work involved in any of the things I do. Well, I don't put Brian's stick in in my hands, but, you know. That's the whole thing. You got to put someone. (laughs) Have you ever heard? Grab somebody's cock. (laughs) Stand around and watch your robots make shit. (laughs) This is a future I have not yet considered. (laughs) Speaking, Speaking of someone else's dick. Uh-oh. We're going to talk about Dennis again. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It is so Stop hot. Stop the show. Hold on. It is hold so on. hot in Florida <sighs> yeah. that someone else's dick is sticking to my leg. Sweltering, Ugh. huh? Sweltering. We can't get rid of winter out here, and you got to Yeah, I heard. Heat. I heard. I've heard. Everybody's bitching about all the the second, yeah. like the spring blizzard. What do they say about March? It's in like a lion, out with a lamb. Well, yes, boy, sir. It was in like a line, and then it hit you a few more times. I think. You no guys doubt. Think. No doubt. Yeah. If I woke up this morning. Last night it was really nice because I was out in the shops, short sleeves, fifty-five degrees, wonderful spring day in Michigan. Wake up this morning and there's a half an inch of snow on the ground. It's Man. terrible. I am so been, fucking sick of it. <laughs> yeah, it's been like that here too. I mean, here we are, like old men cock in hand talking about the weather but um <laughs> it just won't fucking let go man like we've been having baseball practice 
and we get like halfway through the kids are so fucking cold they can't hit the ball yeah <laughs> like stings it. their hands well don't remember, come to florida because it's freaking a million degrees down here it never really got yeah. cold i mean we sometimes get like cold fronts that move through and this this winter was just like summer man it was just hot and yeah. mm. sweaty mm. Ball all right meet sweaty, up down there as we let's say. go let's yeah. do this thing let's let's yeah, go down well, to florida i love that right now heat. Yeah, or get out of the cold, come into the heat. There's really no balance anymore, it doesn't seem like. It, it used to get cold here. Like I said, it just doesn't anymore. But anyways. Global, global weirding. Listen, I have, uh, I've I've got a few things I want to talk about. I want to keep our weekly wrap-up. I, You know how Jeff was saying on um, the interview you did with Jeff Fader. <laughs> hey, but I'm, he was I'm like, arrogant enough to think people want to exactly, know Exactly, exactly. <laughs> See, that's I the thing. Like, We're just arrogant bastards over here. I was like, how is he? How does he say this? Like he said something about being arrogant, and then you know, like, does, does anyone really point. give a shit about what yeah. I do? And he I'm like, he has a good point. I agree. So like, but I'm gonna it just try. Doesn't to- seem like a show without like giving people some kind of update about our lives. I, I hear you, know? you, and and here's what I would like to try and do is to okay. consolidate all three of our taking Jeff's, you know. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. Direction. Some sort of advice. <laughs> Direction, yes. And saying Critical like, feedback. okay, we should take a page out of that book because Jeff sure. really does put a lot of thought into the things he, he does. does. And in fact, he would be like considered one of the more critical listeners. And if you oh, yeah. kind of, uh, you know, take a take a, a lean towards what he would be interested in, then it means that the show will be better. And I think that that's uh, sure. in his roundabout way what he was trying to say. So anyway, um, if we could keep the shop updates super con- uh, concise this week and try that and then move into WFI projects because we, you know, we're just glancing over that. And I got to be honest, I miss it. Yeah. I want to go back into it and I really want to dive into it this week. So sure, that's my yeah. thought. Sure. Well, I mean, I'll just start off with my week, but before I do, I do want to say we're we're screwing around, but we do love Jeff. He has a lot of really yeah. good feedback, and you know, I I get a lot of feedback from him, and I appreciate the hell out of it. But yeah. so going into my week, um, real quick, I did I, a lot of progress on the chopper challenge. I've got all the way through, blue backed handles glued up. It's we should be finishing it this week. And hopefully, you know, that means that Kyle will have plenty of time to edit the video and make it happen for the Chopper Challenge. I wanted um, to wow. say something to you, Brian. I, you, you've been creating, uh, now that you've moved into your new space, I've noticed that you, there's a different energy around your, your content. Yeah, yeah. Mm, and it's really? just better. Yeah, just better. I can tell you're setting up, you know, you're doing better setups and you feel, you know, good about what you're doing. And uh, you were doing that differential heat treat thing. I don't know exactly what you were up yeah, to there. Yeah, what was the deal with, like... those, with those stones and gravel and sand and shit? What was that all about? <laughs> so with the Chopper Challenge, you know, basically the whole thing is I'm going to really destroy them at the very end with a bunch of tests. And that includes bending them to 90 degrees. Right. So you put the, the end three inches of the blade into a vise and then you bend it to 90 degrees. And... Um, Blue backing it basically allows it so that it still has that hard edge. And the the idea with that gravel, which was just sand with filled up with water in a box. Okay. Um, so you bury just the bottom third of the blade, so just the just the sharp part, if you will. Yeah. Um, bury that in the sand, kind of build it up around the tip so you don't, you know, get the tip too hot. 
I'm sure there's a couple said. anyway. There it is. I knew it was coming. There it is, Ben. So basically you, you bury that in wet sand and then you, you heat the speck with either propane or what I did with map gas. And that yep. basically allows the spine to get nice and soft and malleable so that when you bend it, you know, there's just a small portion of the blade that is actually sharp and like that brittle hard and the back of it, which is most of the brunt of it will actually be ah. allowed to bend. So, so it's, it's, it's interesting. Flexible. Brutal, yeah, it's, brutal blade potentially and like it's a very small use case for blue backing very few people will actually get a, a proper use out of blue backing on a regular basis so yeah. very rarely do you actually see it done anymore but. so it's kind of like blue balls you want to maybe avoid it in most circumstances but uh i don't know how can, you shoehorn can, that in but you did can Good come job, in man. handy <laughs> jesus everybody's Last, gonna what? experience it once in a while but all right Here, all here's right. what i here's what i'll tell you brian from just watching a little bit of your content recently is that i can tell you're really enjoying your new space and that you're you're growing into it well you've put some thought yeah. into it and it's really fun to watch so oh man keep it uh-huh. up man you're doing a More, great job um, I've noticed more sort of in the moment action stuff as well. Your lighting's mm-hmm. good, real nice, bright, and it's yeah, true. It's looking yeah, good, man. Is good. Looking good. Yep. But yeah, to finish out the rest of my week, thank you again, guys. I appreciate that. Finish out my week. Uh, yesterday, I had Alex into. I don't know if you guys remember, but I've been teaching this this buddy of mine, Alex, yeah. to make his first knife. And my God, I've got that te- that teaching bug back in me. Yeah. You know, being able to like okay, we have to go from this process to this process and we're going to do this, this, and this and being able to explain it and then show it and then make corrections in the moment. And yeah. like that that look in his eyes when he understands it like fully and you get like that that pop of brightness in their eyes, that's the shit I was going to be a teacher for originally. I was going to say, I thought about that after the last show. You you originally thought you were wanting to be a teacher, right? Right, right. School, yeah. So it's really yeah. cool to actually, you know, see that in somebody else and like be able to use some of those lessons I learned at, at Central. And, yeah, uh, yeah, very cool. And, you know, I'm also screwing around with that welder. Thank you again, Timber Tiger Forge, Chris Magnus. He has Ow. been teaching me how to weld a little bit. And yes, I suck, but I can stick some things together and make it hold real hard. So that's that's pretty decent, I think. Shit, yeah. Working he sent on me it. some uh, titanium. He's challenged me or i sort of challenged myself to do this um he said what would you make with or would you make a bottle opener uh if i sent you some titanium i think he's got titanium mascus in this box i haven't opened it yet but uh he uh it, it just got here like yesterday so um and i said you know i don't drink beer because i'm um gluten free i can't drink it and he he said uh he said, what do you drink? I said, wine. And then he's like, well, how about it? And I said, maybe we can do a bottle opener or a corkscrew. Ooh, and, nice. and so he sent me enough of it to like hammer out down into a thin little spindle. And then we're going to try cool. to do it around, a, you know, something to make a corkscrew out of it. And I just oh, got the cool. box in yesterday. So we're going to try that. We'll see Wait, how it goes. Hold on for a second. You got this big fancy machine. Can't you put a put just throw that raw material in that thing and push a button and a corkscrew will jump <laughs> out at you? It does all the fucking no, work. No. You know, yeah. it does all the work. I would need like a five axis machine, I think, to do that. And Corey I got Stanley, four. baby. Corey Stanley. Hit him it's up. possible, actually. Probably with a four, you could get pretty dang close, I would think. I but you're think right. Corey so, Stanley yeah. might know how to do it from Odyssey CNC. But, uh, but uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, fourth axis would be tits, man. You well, could I have totally the fourth. 
I have a fourth, but I just okay. don't have a fifth. So like, fifth well, you could drill. Yeah. Couldn't you drill through Ooh, the stock first and then mount it on your lathe mm. attachment and just do the pigtail corkscrew? Yeah. Now mm. you got me thinking. Yeah, you're well, right. Or, or you could just bend a piece of wire, you know, either or. <laughs> Brian, why don't you go ahead and continue on and tell us all about your week? Uh, we have been in full, full, like full force shipping of the Apollo second drop. And we are trying to hit, you know, get everything out by the end of March. And we're probably not going to get there, you know, where we had all those issues with the F word. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. And then, then uh, but anyway, long story short is, yeah, we've been shipping, uh, now shipping regularly. But we got behind because of all the stuff with FedEx. And now we're in full on ribbon burner production. And something that I did not consider would happen was... The demand for our ribbon burners is insane. Like we, so just because we sell 50 (laughs) Apollos, people are now seeing the Apollo out there and they're going, hey, I want the ribbon burner by itself. Sure. They'll build their own ribbon burner. eh? So we're casting 40 a week to keep up with demand. And it's so much work. So, yeah. The, well, per- it's, a, so it's we a tough process, the, right? To like, to, it's a long process, and especially it's not for tough somebody so much to anymore. just dive in without knowing much at all. It doesn't seem like something you watch a YouTube video and bam, you're an expert. You know, it's like a lot experience yeah. is a great teacher there. I'll bet. Yeah, and we we try to explain that to people because you know, in the plan set, if you buy the Apollo plan set and you add the 3D printable files, you can print my mold and you can make your own version of the of the ribbon burner but we kind of are telling people like prepare for failure initially because Mm. if you're not doing everything to the letter i mean there's a great possibility you 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 first try you know you'll get it but we've had a few people like write in and be like yeah you know tried it and it didn't work and i you know now i can't get this working blah 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 so we're making a lot of them to kind of offset some of that and um, and it, it's not only does it just time consuming and complicated, it's like you need some equipment to do it. You need a 3D printer. You need like a vibratory device so you can get things out, you know, get the air bubbles. out. Anyway, yeah, I've been in a vibratory device. You got to have that vibratory hey. device, the assist. <laughs> and uh, and so I got the the harebrained idea because I used to 3D print all of my molds. Right. And the, the base molds for the 3D print, the 3D printable base molds for the molds would hold two burners. And I realized like that's putting me behind the eight ball, because if I want to pour 20 at a time, which is what we're doing, I need obviously 10 molds and they take like five days to print each mold. So I oh, thought, geez. well, I have this CNC machine. I'm going to create the molds using the CNC machine and it'll be a really good um you know, learning experience, you know, understanding how cam works and you're cutting sure. plastic. So it's not really like, you know, yeah, you're not cheaper. It's, it's a little cheaper. You know, they're like 35 bucks for a chunk of HDPE, which is what I'm using. And I just the reason I was a few minutes late to get on this podcast was because I just had my first successful run of the mm-hmm. first mold. And what we did was this is going to sound super nerdy and very um, uh, probably just too minute for anybody like to care it. but I like it. but instead of holes to hold the straws the biggest the biggest 
reset time suck is entering the, you know, pushing the straws down into the holes. There's 38 per uh, burner and, you know, you have to fit them just just right. And then I got the harebrained idea to make those holes tapered. So they're bigger at the top and smaller at the bottom, just slightly by a couple of thousands so that the straw top goes down in there. And then you're not fiddling around with exact alignment. And then it slides into a, like a tighter taper and then it gets stuck. And so that is really working really well. And so, yeah. So now we're in production of the molds so we can keep up. We're going to make 10 of these uh, new molds and then just, we're pouring, you know, like I said, 20, 20 every time, twice a week. So 40 a week to try to keep up with the demand because I appreciate everybody who has ordered. Thank you so much, you know, uh, putting your confidence and spending your money with us. It's like the coolest thing ever, like to, to have, like I, what's great about it is I see the names coming through and I recognize a lot of them, you know, people that are buying, they listen to the podcast, um, you know, they're some regular supporters of our, our work. So CNC machining molds and then on to other stuff and after that and whatever else, but yeah, pouring ribbon burners, shipping, uh, Apollo forges and you know cranking out like yesterday I worked 14 hours because it just I had to it's just we're a little bit behind and I want to catch up so been nice. a good week though so yeah nice so Ben How about you Ben what do you got going on well uh I wrote down three things to update you guys on to keep concise number one I'm painting cabinets uh big 12 foot wide or 12 foot long by about eight foot tall built-in entertainment center slash library bookcase toy storage for our basement uh that's been kind of ongoing for a number of months now but i'm getting towards the i'm probably about the 20 yard line uh poised to score and so busted out the spray gun and uh turned my shop into a kill room <laughs> with plastic hanging from the ceiling and all that shit. It's American psycho. <laughs> Real <over> Dexter <laughs> style. You Dexter know? style. Uh, um, so yeah, the, the anybody that says they don't have room for a spray booth is full of shit. You just need to shut your shop down for a month and man up. <laughs> <laughs> stop no, all production. Yeah, just, just stop everything that. else. Fuck it all. So, yeah, been doing that and then roll the plastic up during the day, work on other shit, pull it back down at night, spray spray another coat. But getting getting that done, I I fucking hate painting. I absolutely fucking hate painting. I don't give a shit if it's with a roller, a brush, a spray gun. I, I just fucking hate it. So mm. trying to bite the bullet, get through that misery. Um, meanwhile, I got an apron build going on and a couple apron builds actually going on. And so that's been a good uh, respite from the paint and uh, moving into the leather shop. I got my, at one point I had sort of split my shops up and moved my leather stuff into what used to be my office inside the house, um, which is kind of a nice, just big open room in our second floor upstairs when we built, when we added a second floor into the house, we specifically wanted a, like an office room. And so it's kind of doubles as the music room and office. Well, at one point I had taken most of my leather work shit up there, but then it kind of migrated back down to the shop and I was kind of all over the place. Well, when I got the sewing machine, I fully committed and built some benches for up there and uh, 
really have turned that into a really nice leatherwork studio. And uh, so I've been breaking that in and uh, it's kind of weird. You know, I've never had two shops and you know how <laughs> when you have a really small shop, you know exactly where everything is all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. you, t- you turn around and the fucking tape measures right where your brain knows it always is. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm still trying to figure that out up there. So that's been <laughs> just kind of getting a flow up there and really it's just spending time up there uh, is all it takes. But um, so I've been doing that. Got Just about got the sewing machine all fired up and rolling. Man, it is so unbelievable to have just an incredibly high quality machine. It makes such a fucking difference. Um I was a little late on the apron I'm working on now to machine stitch it, so I'm still hand stitching that one, but been running some stuff through there, and holy shit, it is just a fucking dream to to have a sewing machine that sews leather and does it really well. Speaking Um, of, Ben, how much are those aprons if somebody wants to pick one up? You know, right right around 200, 225-ish is where they're at, which is considerably lower than most I see out there. Um, my goal is always, yeah, my, like my goal has always been like, I know what it's like. Guys want an apron. They're beating the shit out of their clothes and themselves. And, but you're also, if you're a hobby maker or even trying to run a business, right. Um, the decision to buy more steel or more lumber or more wood or materials versus something like an apron is a tough one for people to make. So my goal has always been to keep them pretty darn low, uh, as low as I possibly can. I'm not making much at all on them, but uh, I enjoy the process and I enjoy, you know, putting something high quality in people's hands and had a few people kind of say, wow, you know, for, for that price, I didn't expect it to be this level. So pretty proud of them. They've, they've been, been going pretty good. Not That's moving awesome. super fast, but, you know, not everybody needs an apron. So um, ben, and then, oh, yeah. go ahead. And just one last thing, still chugging along to the finish line. April sixth will be the Skills USA cabinet making contest here in Boise, Idaho. And so we're still rocking and rolling with that, getting shit together, herding all the cats. Got eight participants coming, high school students coming to uh, spend a day building a cabinet from a set of plans and a pile of lumber and uh, do it as a contest. So kind of cool. It's uh, it's the big show for these kids, and I'm excited to meet them and, and see how it goes. It's going to be a cool event. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So I want to, now that we've gone through our weeks and just, I mean, about 20 minutes, I don't know if that's quick enough. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty quick. I'd say <laughs> well, that's pretty good. We spent uh, time introducing the new yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so and, I want to pivot the conversation into something. I, I kind of just have this question for the two of you, and maybe I'll answer it first. Do you guys have something in your shop that you know you you – you know, you really want to progress. And if you take on this challenge, it will help your business in a big way, but you just have been dragging your feet on it. Um, does that make sense to you guys? Are you talking about like shop improvements or shop projects? In, shop improvements, projects, housekeeping, you know, gotcha. getting your books in order, setting something up, tearing something down, literally anything. 
what I'm going to start off with is learning how to weld has been that thing for me because I know that as soon as I get competent in welding, I'm all of a sudden going to realize like, holy shit, I can build a press. I can build right. a solid yes. work table. I can a build revolution. so many different things. A revolution, a true tilt, a, a million different things. So, you know, learning to weld has kind of been that thing for me, and I know that it's going to unlock a lot of things for my business. Do you guys yeah. have something like that in your shop or on your mind that you, you've been wanting to jump on? My, mine would be – mine wouldn't necessarily be a, a skill or a tool. Um, and I think mine would be taking, taking a big jump. Um, See, and by what you that, do, Ben, I mean, is you bend your knees <laughs> yeah. and then you reach for the sky. You and find you a nice tall hill and <laughs> <laughs> a rope. I mean, side of a building. <laughs> ben, come on. My, well, what I mean by oh, that is, shit. I'll let you, let you hang in on the cliff there. What I, what oh, I mean God. by that is, um, <laughs> is I, so I heard, I heard somebody say once on, on a podcast that, um, Every every small business has a turning point where um, where things just seem to naturally all come together and you sort of launch into uh, into more what what they are today. You know, every big successful business has this point, and usually that point is centered on a big risk that you took, right? Mm. And for me, and for many people, I think like me, um, who started as a hobby and it slowly progressed into a business, I, I've never seen that big risk or that big jump, right, or uh, that quote turning point. And so, I think with the amount of business I have coming in now, uh, compared to the amount of effort that I'm putting into finding business. Um, I think if I were to take a risk, i.e. find a bigger shop, you know, have a dedicated space or hire someone or, you know, any of those sort of next step in business type things, uh, I, I think I could sustain that. And I think it could also uh, sort of jumpstart or push me further ahead. Now, whether I'll do that or not remains to be seen. For the foreseeable future, I don't see myself doing that. But um, I think I'm sort of on the precipice of something like that, right? Um, so that would be my sort of growing pain, maybe. But um, yeah, I think I'm almost ready, but too many uh, balls in the air and factors to consider at this point. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I will say, uh, Ben, that uh, most of the entrepreneurs that I've talked with, that some of them are close to the end of their career, like they're getting ready to sell yeah. out or they have or whatever. They all said this. A lot of them say the same thing. They wish they would have taken more risks and, right. and gone further sooner. Sure. Uh, and and I, I, you know, I don't have that regret. But yeah. I'll say that I I might when I'm older. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Well, and you've taken I'm a some big jumps, right? Oh, I um, have. Yeah. Even as a conservative business person, I think you know, like upgrading the shop and and you know buying the the bigger space and all that. Um, I I guess 
in my mind, it's so foreign in a way still. Um, I'm just getting my head wrapped around the fact that I own a business, <laughs> you know, in a lot of yeah. ways. Um, sure. And so that, that becomes, you know, cha- that change of mindset is tricky. Uh, and it's tricky to bring others around you into that mind frame as well. Right. Mm. Um, my, my wife is very conservative. And so, which is a great litmus test against my sort of free will, you know, whatever the hell goes attitude. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I, I think you're right. It, same goes for me, folks I've talked to. It's like, you got to take that risk. And when you start with a full wood shop full of tools, <laughs> you know, and you start with a pretty outfitted leather shop, there isn't a whole lot of risk. You know, it cost me yeah, you're halfway 60 there. bucks the for a business license and, <laughs> you know, yeah. like buy some insurance and, you know, five grand, we're, we're off to the races. So the hardest part is getting started with that and then learning the new habits. I mean, you just, you know, you have yeah. to kind of set goals for yourself. It's a whole thing. I, I, yeah. You know, we talked about this in a few episodes back about setting daily goals. And it's just like, yeah, at some point you have to have a long term, you know, you want to say, I want to hit this number every month or I want to do this amount of work every month, whatever it is. But every it boils down to like almost daily to me now. Yeah. And then I have those long term goals and you should set some of those, too. You know, you should yep. look at like you should say to yourself, like, hey, I mean, I'm not I'm using aprons as an example, but uh, it may not be this, but it might be that you want to sell five aprons a month whatever right. it might be, just to put a thousand bucks in your pocket yep. every month and hit that goal and then find out what that look like. And then after that, say to yourself, what else is possible? You know, right. am I selling this amount of woodworking things that I make or am I going to yeah. put plans on Etsy? And you set these little tiny goals that are based in diversifying your income because it's you might get sick be, of making yeah. aprons. You might get sick of the woodwork and say, whatever it is. And then you have those other things you can bounce around and look at and and pull in money. And some of those should be passive income things. They should be like the the plan sets. Nobody pays us anymore. Well, (laughs) that's just it. That's right. If you can do this and you you could create plan sets, you could make, you know, put an extra, even if it is an extra 500 bucks a month in your pocket. Think about what you could do with that. Well, and I started actually, um, and it gets tricky as, having a home shop, but, uh, but I started working earlier this week on calculating just my daily overhead and coming up yeah. with that number, you know, maybe it won't, might not be daily, but weekly, you know, would be enough for me. What does it cost me to keep this shop running for a week? Mm. Um, and that I think is a pretty good starting point to, to build those goals from, cause you're right. It's, yeah. Break even. You just look it, at a break even number. Yeah, like, it instantly becomes people. obvious, like, shit, I got to make X, you know. Um, yep. But, yeah, goals. And I I purposefully have to limit myself uh, when I'm creating goals because I, I pretty notoriously puke out this two-page list of shit that <clears throat> I, quote, need to do, right? And 95% of it I don't really need to do, you know, the list might include everything from like wild ass ideas I had that I wanted to try all the way on down to pay your fucking taxes, you know, <laughs> so you got to boil that shit down. All the mundane sure. stuff for sure. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good thing to shoot for, man, for sure. Yeah. I, um, in, in our shop here, I am taking steps 
towards becoming a production knife house. Um, and so we're, you know, just at the fledgling stages of that, you know, tooling up, understanding how it works, you know, um, we're also, I'm also in the process of designing a 10 foot long grinding table that has alternating revolution grinders set up with every attachment possible. So oh boy. there's that. And then also bench grinders. So I tooled up, I bought, um, three, of those variable speed jet, um, like buffing machines are kind of like wide angle gr- or not angle grinders, so bench grinders that have long shafts on them so that you can add like eight inch buffing wheels, different style deburring tools or whatever onto them. Mm. And so there's that nice. going in place. I just have to literally sit down and build the damn thing now because it's just, you know, now it's, we're ready to do it and we have all this stuff. But, um, the, the other thing is, is, I need to loosen my grip on the house-made industrial brand when it comes to switching gears from making tooling to making knives. Not saying I'm going to stop making tooling. I'm not. That's not it. It's just that how does one guy look at me and go, you know, this is a grinder guy or a forge guy, and now he's making knives and and he wants to produce knives on a on a a larger scale and how do you approach a project like that and numerous things have come through my mind you know a whole different brand a whole different name and all that and i just don't want to do that i've already learned that you know it doesn't really matter people are buying from me because it's me um i use um jesse james as a classic example from west coast choppers like the guy has multiple things he has going on he designs and manufactures guns he does cult- yeah. cutlery and he does oh. blacksmithing and obviously his motorcycle business. And it's all yeah. under Jesse James. I, mean, it's I was going to say, you just, uh, just doing it. you just emphasized it, right? Jesse James from West Coast Choppers. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like bo- it. both of them are his brand name, essentially. You know, that's right. I, yeah. I think we put a lot of time, money, and effort into the whole naming thing when, when at the end of the day, you you're don't right. Need to. People know you, and you've said it from the beginning. People spend money with those whom they trust, and uh, they don't give a shit what you call yourself. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, for sure. So you know, we're hey, we're looking at uh, you know, um, you know, trying our hand at that and um, making knives here on a production level, and because it's what I love doing, and I just uh, you know, I've gotten away from it because I'm making tooling now, which I love doing too, and it's it's all that stuff, but I. Yeah. I just have this this side of me that wants to make, uh, you know, even that's if I so make great, one man. knife and market it and see where it goes, you know, that's mm. like my goal is to really just make, create one knife and one style product and then sell it and see if I can sell it and see if people will buy it from yeah. me. And maybe no Hell one yeah. will. Yeah, I don't know, but we'll see. Here's the uh, next Are you question. thinking a kitchen knife, a hunter, chopper? I like an everyday carry for sure. There you go. And I'll yeah. probably start with just a fixed blade, you know, easy mm. to. Nice to little do. short, fat looking thing. Maybe yeah. a nice finger hole right there in the blade. <laughs> well, you know, the EDC community <laughs> has gotten so big, right? Um, yes. Social media it's wise huge. and everything. It's huge. We've oh, really shit. been diving into the science behind uh heat treatments and understanding you know we have all the tooling here to heat treat and heat treat stainless and then also do the rockwell testing and you know all of that we have it here 
So it's it's only a matter of time before we find that perfect edge retention on the perfect steel. Right mm. now we're leaning towards MagnaCut, uh, not because it's trendy, but because uh, Dr. Thomas, you know, there's a reason why that steel is is so popular, and it's not just because it's trendy. It's popular because he knows what the hell he's doing. Right. Um, and so we're leaning towards that on a stainless side and then on a, a high carbon side. I'm just going to go with a simple 10 series steel, like a yeah. 1095 or something, because I I just I want to get into Cerakote and understand that process. So anyway, long story short is that's kind of where I'm headed, Brian. That's a good question, by the way. And just so you guys know, when it's time for me to start this process, I will be spending my money on all of these knife making endeavors at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. If you don't know Maritime, you should. They are in Canada, but they ship to the United States every single day, and you can take advantage of the USD to Canadian exchange rate. Get yourself anything from crazy fiber and G10 handle material down to carbon steels to abrasives, cactus juice. They hold all kinds of interesting TR maker uh, attachments for your grinder. I mean, you name it, they have it for your next knife-making endeavor. And also now, if you are in Canada, I know we have a lot of people listening in Canada, and you wanted for the longest time to get your hands on some Baker Forge and Tool uh, steel billets, you can do this now through Maritime. Uh, Coy Baker, the, the businessman entrepreneur he is, is spreading his seed all over the world. Ooh. And connecting with oh, all of these different seeds. people. <laughs> and uh, he's just spraying it everywhere. And uh, so he, he's doing a great job at that. Brought to you but by Baker the Fo- most handsome man in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and so we Baker- just lost Baker Forge. <laughs> and we just lost two sponsors. <laughs> uh, Baker Forge and Tool. If you're not familiar with Koi and the boys over there, they make some amazing steel. And if you look at any of their social media, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you'll find them under the name Baker Forge and Tool. Dude, you will fire, quickly fire figure content. out awesome content. You'll figure out really quickly that these guys are pros and you do what you do best and they do what they do best. Now, if you're not into making your own steel, but you want that super special piece of Damascus or pattern welded steel, go check out BakerForge.com. Get yourself a billet for as little as 100 bucks. You could have a piece of their steel in your workshop and make that next knife project and take it to the moon, baby. And get this. If you use the code WFI10, Brian, what's that code? WFI10. Keep rubbing WFI10. it in. WFI10. That's right. <laughs> WFI10. That's correct, Brian. Can't you get you free get... shipping for with some code? I don't remember what yeah. it is. Like B, B bone or something. You'll or... get ten percent off that order, which makes that hundred dollar bill at ninety bucks. And I tell you what, everybody that uses this steel gets way more than ninety dollars for those knives. So just do the math uh, yeah. and make it. It makes sense. Go to BakerForge.com. You can also, like I said, if you're in Canada. Go find that steel on MaritimeKnifeSupply.com as well. So they can ship it directly from Maritime to you. And that's a stellar deal. Anyways, so, guys. Brian, you, you're talking about using MagnaCut. I have had the chance to use it a little bit, and that shit grinds like granite. Yes. <laughs> Good luck with that, man. Oh, Especially I know. on a production uh, level. I have heard the same thing, that it's tough to grind. We are most likely going to go with a tooling. We're going to machine the primary bevel on the machine, 
take yeah. that primary bevel back, then heat treat, then do our finish grinds on the revolutions. So wow. it'll, so, and the, here's the reason why we're doing that. Uh, if you're not listening to the edge and flow podcast with Lucas Burnley and TJ Schwartz, they're both knife designers and fabricators and they make their primary business is uh, designing knives and producing knives, but they also are hired by CRKT. They make, I mean, dude, these guys are the top level guys. They're professional guys. In a couple of episodes back on that podcast, they went through a deep dive and discussed machining knives and working with different types of steel, and MagnaCut came out on top. And it was because it's easy to machine but hard to grind. So mm. that's kind of where we're falling on the MagnaCut thing. And and also, man, I'd love to support Dr. Thomas's work. You know, Laren has, has done his life's work is involved in this. And he does get a royalty. I talked to him about it. I'm like, so if I buy this steel from someone, do you get paid? And he said, yes. Um, so, you know, it's it's a whole thing. But you're right, Brian. It's definitely hard to grind. And, you know, we're, you know, obviously in the beginning stages of this. But uh, we'll find out soon enough, you know. Cool. I'm very interested so cool, to man. jump into the process of that and maybe your different ideas with different production stuff, of course. But, yeah, that would be interesting to see how that any, develops. Any thoughts on uh – firing back up like a youtube series to look inside at all or? yes yes so in my true the true marketing housemade fashion we will be sharing all the details and every awesome. single step along the way so you'll not only be able to find it on youtube you'll be able to find it on instagram and facebook bueno, as well bueno, bueno. Yeah. love it and it's a good it's really good the reason i have been heads down by the way i have not created a ton of content is the apollo is really kicking my ass yeah, like, yeah it is yeah. Here really you. kicking my ass. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing with fucking FedEx, man, just this through it pushed us back like almost a month. I mean, and it, you know, like I said, it's just something you have to deal with and roll with the punches and whatever. And I don't want to promote the project at all until we have this sorted out. Mm. Because what we're discovering is the minute we release that next drop, they're going to sell out in a day or two. And then we're going to be right back where we started unless we get ahead. So now, you know, all the machining of the molds and everything will help us with that. Plus, we have all the stock in stock. We have, you know, 200 forges in the next room. It's just, you know, we want to ensure that when we ship the body that we're shipping all of the accessories along with it, including the ribbon burners and everything mm. else. So we don't want people getting like half the order. You know, I... I ordered, um, like years ago, I ordered my CNC plasma table from Langmere uh, Systems out in California. And I think like, you know, a month after I ordered it, I got like three boxes. And then it took like six months to get the rest of it. Oh, boy, and I yeah. was just super fucking annoyed by that. Like, just yep. ship everything. Yep. Like, don't ship me three boxes. And I get it. They're pr they were trying to figure out the same things that we're figuring out. I'm not mad at them. But it was just at the time, I would just it really annoyed me as a customer. And so I don't want to do that to my customers. I just want, they get a shipping notification, it, it'll go out or they'll get one box and then maybe like five days later, they'll get the next box or something. It won't be too you're, long. You're shooting for the delivered in two days or it's free. <laughs> the, like the, what is it? The Domino's pizza thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Now, do you guys know that we have 11,229 projects listed under the WFI projects hashtag on Instagram? It's amazing. I love I love seeing this thing grow because I mean it's, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. It's Absolutely. it's such a cool thing. I don't know how long it's been going on now, like a year and a half maybe or almost two years. 
So but to glad see you the came level, up with it, House. It's yeah. been such a success. <laughs> I'm full of good ideas. Just ask me and I'll tell you for sure. <laughs> and definitely full of something, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah this was Cone's idea from the beginning, and it kicks ass. It's it's crazy. It's just fucking It, it is crazy. Up. It's and I as I scroll through this and I look at all of the things, and it's not just knives. I mean, we're seeing all kinds of things in here that people are making and hashtagging WFI projects. Um, it's just inspiring to me, and I really, really love it. So thank you so much for everybody contributing. I'm going to go ahead and pick my first one, which is my man, Mr. Brian Hooten over Hooten Knives. I already know you guys are going to pick this one. <laughs> did you see the glamour shots that he did with that freaking drill press, that vintage drill press that he got? Ooh, I haven't yet. And get the fuck out of here. He's uh, uh, this brings something else up now. I got to talk about this. <laughs> uh oh, he's verified on Instagram. Who really? got verified? And so did Gentry. Like what? Matt, seriously, I've been wanting to um, text Matt and ask him like, how, how much are did you guys it cost him? Yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, is this part of the paid program or what's the deal? But yeah. now I'm seeing it on Hootin' Knives, so it's coming. Well, I you think. know, I Instagram think... has so many versions out at any given time, and I don't know. And if I'm not. Folks... I don't mean to sound surprised, Brian, that you're verified. <laughs> I'm just. I don't saying, know if folks like... realize that, but there are like probably a thousand different versions of Instagram out there. We all have something different. And so maybe they got the feature ahead of time. I, I recently got broadcast channels. I haven't done dick all with it, but, um, oh, I man, know, I've been looking for it. I've been trying to get a broadcast. Everybody like has like all of a sudden I got this fucking rash of invites and I'm like, Holy shit. They just rolled that out, but I haven't done anything with it. I haven't done dick with any of it. Honestly. Well, <laughs> I want to know how those guys got verified. Right? Yeah. I mean, Gentry, I I think he may have gone through the process or something, but I mean, I, I went through it. How do you I even do that? I, I didn't even I, know there I was one know. yet. Oh, boy. No, there's a process to get actually verified oh, through gotcha. Instagram where you'd submit your all your shit, and, you know, it. but it takes months, and maybe that's yeah. what they went through. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But anyway, Brian, I love the shots. They're great. Um, the old uh, drill press is amazing. I love it. And uh, yeah, sweet. I'm going to bring up Red Dot Knives. He's making progress on this little EDC type knife. It's got, it's really clean, really nice lines. He just put in the logo. So he's got his little red logo, R-E-D, in this like circle look. It, it looks really good. Uh, he just etched it on, and he is getting ready to glue up the handle scales. It looks like everything's really well set up. Um, the bolster area is nice and polished, nice and pretty. Yeah, he's doing some really great work over there, and uh, go check out Red Dot Knives. <laughs> Keebler Woodworks here, uh, 3D printing a little Ninja Turtle. Looks like he does some 3D printing stuff. Um I haven't seen his stuff, but uh, definitely that big green Ninja Turtle jumped out at me. He's got quite a bit of 3D printed stuff here, actually. Um, and some pen making as well. Makes a cool pen, so maybe check him out. Keebler Woodworks. Check out uh, spruce.hill.studio. That's Will from Maine. I, I think he's a yeah. patron of ours. And he um, he's also doing the 3D printed thing, but he's d making tooling. Like he made that nice. side scribe thing for the center scribe. And now he's come out with a soapstone holder. And I don't know if, if you're not a welder or a blacksmith or anything, you wouldn't know what a soapstone holder is. But 
we buy soapstone to draw on steels yeah. and it just yeah. melts away over time but uh, we draw on anvils with it and we draw and we make marks for welding and cutting steels and he came up with a cool little 3d printable soapstone holder and the reason why soapstone holders are so important is because soapstone is so brittle that mm-hmm. if you don't put it in something and you drop it it will shatter everywhere shatter. and then you're throwing it away so check out will that's spruce dot hill dot studio on instagram and as of this recording he has 316 followers and it is very much recommended that you go and follow him speaking speaking of that soapstone i just picked some up for the first time and i i just bought the soapstone i did not get a holder Mm -hmm. so i was using it and of course in normal b-cone fashion i can't make a knife without dropping something and this time, the, of course, the first time, the first time I'm using the soapstone, I knocked it off the anvil. It fell, and it did exactly what you said, where it just falls and it, it just crumbles into a bunch of different pieces. Yeah. It shatters like brittle glass. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it is really nice because before I was just making lines with like sharpies and such, and then you put it in the floor, fire, and that sharpie line off, yeah. goes away. So you're just eyeballing shit. That totally takes that away. I love that soapstone stuff. Yeah, soapstone's a great, uh, that's a great uh, problem solver for a lot of metalsmiths. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, Reaper Metalworks, don't fear the Reaper. He's here to help. Uh, I've seen a few posts from him, just uh, sort of mental health checkpoints, what's beating you down kind of stuff. Reach out, you know, he's... Uh, just such a great guy, always looking to help folks, always looking to remind us all that, hey, you know, shit gets hard. Don't go it alone. Talk to somebody. I'm here to help. I'm here to chat, whatever you need. So follow him uh, for sure. Just a good inspirational dude that is just always looking out for others and much appreciated. Yeah, and that's Bobby. huge. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah. He's a Very good. good. Yeah. That's huge. If you're having something that's weighing you down and you need to talk about it get it we out we all man. get there man we all get there yeah for sure for sure bird yep. forge is absolutely killing it with this it, it's like the sway back night like a lot of people are doing these harpoon clips and this is like a new version of a harpoon clip where it's it's a it's a really interesting design um he's got some sort of an antler handle and it's he's basically just said what do you think of this design better pictures coming soon but it looks like it's going to be a great hunting knife. It, I imagine be a great skinning knife. But yeah, it looks it looks very interesting. It's somewhere between a harpoon clip and a Bowie knife and uh it's it's a very very interesting design. Go check out Bird Forge. And if you want to pick up some Pelican paste, use <laughs> use code BCONE for uh free shipping. <laughs> Sorry, I I just wanted to push that in there if you try You're to ridiculous. keep that Try to keep that joke going, but it, it landed flat, so I probably won't do that <laughs> Sorry, again. Sorry, I was on mute, but Where's that Where's the is trombone when you need it? Oh, shit, <laughs> I tried, guys. I Get tried. you some pelican uh, piss, Milan. Right. It's all right. I am staring at, uh, I don't know if this guy's a scammer or what. I'm not even going to mention this. <laughs> no, do it. I, 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 With that I pulled intro. out. That's such a good intro. I think it's a fucking I mean, scam, but follow this son of a bitch. I mean, it, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like architecture. It's like oh, architecture, but architecture. Yeah. And it's a dude standing in front of a what looks like like some sort of construction crane. And he um, he must have either had something to do with the design or the, the whatever's being built there. 
I don't know who you are, dude. You look like you're maybe in Thailand, somewhere in Asia. I'm not exactly where, sure where, or India, possibly. Um, but uh, he has <laughs> he has 735 followers. He's hashtagging WFI projects, and maybe he listens to the podcast. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Dude, this is, this is another picture of that Tortuga Blade Work shirt. Oh my yes. god, this oh. thing is so cool. Tortuga. Yeah, Go, go check. First of all, go check out Tortuga Blade Works. Go check out this shirt design, and then go pick one up because they are so badass. Yeah. Great merch. Hey, look at Parable Parable P A R A B L E underscore he's a, Goods. He's a patron. Yeah. Fuck me, that wallet is killer. Yeah. Uh, that Pueblo. It's a. It's called Pueblo leather. It's called. It's got kind of a rustic look to it a bit, but. What an awesome design. It's really, really fucking hard to come up with a unique wallet design. Every design that you can seemingly think of has been made, but I've not seen this one yet. So good work, man. Love it. I'm going to shout out uh, Darren over at Stormlight underscore Forge. He's in Spring, Texas. Uh, He has 2,138 followers on Instagram. He is doing all kinds of interesting things with patterned steels, like welded steels together, titanium, um, copper, brass, you name it. And he not, doesn't make just knives. He may, I don't even, I don't, can't remember if I saw any knives in his feet. Maybe he does. Uh, but he sent me a Damascus flathead screwdriver. I don't know if you guys saw that in one of my pieces of content, but it, it's like he makes the steel, then he made a screwdriver out of it. It's just the coolest thing. So I appreciate you, Darren. Thank you so much. He's he's uh, been a supporter of our work for a while, and he's he's building the Franken grinder with the BA shredder body and a Revolution, other parts from the Revolution, and putting it all together. And that was um, the body that he's got. The BA shredder came from Nick uh, up in Canada, so Nick shipped that to him. And um, yeah, so there's like a whole collaboration thing going on there which is really cool so be on the lookout for stuff and we're sending him some motor bolts and some wiring kits and stuff like that this today actually it's going out so darren nice appreciate you buddy yeah nice well cool guys should we talk about on this shoot my uh my phone just spasmed out and forced closed so i might take a minute to get it back up sorry guys well i can i'm gonna shout out um I've, there's this uh, OTB knives. I don't know if you know OTB dot knives. At the time of this recording, he has 111 followers, so he's like brand new to Instagram. And really cool knife, man. Really, really sweet knife. Uh, looks like maybe he's in Idaho. I don't know. He hashtagged Idaho as well. So, um, mm. and, it, and I'm trying to do this thing now. If you post on WFI projects. And we discuss it on the podcast. I'm just going to write a comment under the picture that says discussed on the podcast. So oh, if you hear me idea. typing during the WFI projects portion, that's because I'm typing that comment. I'm nice. not like writing a note to somebody. Oh. See, I thought you're you're writing a novel for us. At, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brian. I'm My life as a world famous podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> One last what one for me. What it's I've... like to have an enormous set of balls. Oh, boy. <laughs> boy, my back A backstory. retrospective <laughs> by Brian House. Biggest yeah. balls Should on be. the planet. 
should be dragging everywhere. <laughs> you guys have been bringing up balls a lot lately. Is there something you guys hey, need to balls, talk about? Balls, we're junior balls, high balls, kids balls. in gr- grown men's bodies, Brian. That's what we do. Oh, boy. And tr- oh, it gets laughs, by the way. I get a lot of laughs. All right. Some parts a little bit overgrown, if nope. you know what I mean. Brian, those those <laughs>, laughs you're hearing is just an echo in that shop ears. Exactly. It's just me laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> Somebody's Which got does to. happen a lot. Oh, hey, boy. speaking of, we got a bad dad joke. Oh, we sure. do have a dad. And we have a bad dad joke by from somebody we haven't heard from in a while. Uh-oh. That's Mark Vanderwerf. Holy shit, he lives. He lives. He's alive. What's up, Mark? Did you guys hear about the dyslexic zombies? No. They only eat Brian's. <laughs> that's actually that's very pretty damn good. That's, yeah, a good. that's good. That's, that's a good really one. Good. They only eat Brian's. But yes. if it's dyslexic, then that's a Brian with an I. So I'm all set. Hey, you know. There it is. You do have to have brains for zombies to come ah, out. Ah, damn. You walked oh. right into that one. <laughs> I did. Totally did. Totally did. Where are we at on the time frame here? Oh, we're right at one hour. Okay, so listen, guys, we know that you are out there working for it. And, in fact, let me just pull up. I haven't done a new patron announcement in a few episodes, yeah. so let me pull up the patrons, and I am going to find out how many we have active at the moment. We have 124 active patrons. Nice. And let me read off the last. I don't even know. Let me. There's a, quite a few in here. So um, Joshua Culver, Sean at OTB.Knives. We just shouted him out on WFI Projects. Nicholas Henson, thank you so much. Uh, we've got Bob Gore. I don't know if you guys know Bob Gore. 10-4 Bob I Gore. Uh, John Al's D. Brother? Harvey. John D. Harvey of JohnDHarvey.com. Noah Vachon. Noah Vachon. I love Noah, and I love his work. AJ Camarato. AJ Camarato. And Ryan Moeller. It's Wood by Moeller. Matthew Boisvert. Brandon Bruman. And Voltner Woodworking. And, guys, if you ever want me to shout you out um, on Patreon, like when we do these Patreon shout-outs and stuff, it's good to include your Instagram handle in your yeah. name so I can figure out where you are. I think I know most of you anyways, but yeah, uh, but yeah so Welcome 124 active. Yes, uh, 124 Volner. active. Act- oh, Un- you know Volner? Uh, I, I, a little bit, I'll say. He's got a, a fairly new podcast out, uh, The Maker's Lounge, I think it is, and just killing it. Oh, is that it. him? Yeah. The Maker Lounge is him? Maker Lounge is Matt Voltner. yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yes, sir. Okay. Nice. I like that podcast. That's really, another. really good show. Let me, let me look um, him up on um, on Instagram. It's a weird spelling. Voltler. While, while you're looking him up, Brandon Bruman, the one that you just pulled out, that's my carbon fiber hookup. That's oh, that's no, my dude kidding. from the carbon fiber. Yeah. What's there up, Brandon? Right. I need to jump Damn. over there and get some more uh, get some more stock because I'm running super low. Carbone oh, is this is it well, moving good? B is it is selling a bunch yet? Or? It's all right. It's all right. Um, so the problem is, is that I've completely sold out of all of my tiles, and I'm just down to the one inch strips. Uh, so you know, I the need hell's to. Wrong get, with you, Brian? Restock that shit. I'm, Come on. I've fucking had a lot going up, on with the. Baby. You know what's been going on? Come on now. Come uh, on chopper, with chopper, all the with all the house shit and with all the so, shop shit. Building you know motorcycles, choppers now, and all that horse shit. We'll get this going. 
well, cooking hey, fucking thank you guys and for sand. for contributing on the on the patron side yeah, and when absolutely. you're a patron you get to send us a message with a question and because i threatened everybody with uh, uh the uh Giving the after show to Ben. We Butler. could just threaten with no fucking after show. No question, no fucking after show. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's much if, better to threaten let me with tell you your something. stories there, Ben. Let me tell you something, Ben. Nobody wrote a question. We're voting discussion about Pete the neighbor then, I think. <laughs> see this now listen guys you didn't write in a question so now ben is gonna get into his rocking chair he's gonna this grab his whittling spoon band camp. and he's gonna tell hey, stories that you may or may not want to hear i don't know but anyway i did get one question and i'm gonna send this out to the community it's from alexander sloat and i don't really know if he wants me to answer and and us to answer this in the after show i didn't didn't seem like it but he said um he was interested if anybody has ever worked with a treadle hammer. You guys know what a treadle hammer is? You ever I'm seen not yeah. Of? Doesn't uh, Chris uh, uh, Full Steam, doesn't he have one of those? Chris Full Steam has one. Uh, Christ-centered Ironworks makes them. He has kits. And then okay. um, John Swisher did some YouTube content on it. It's essentially, mm. you can, if you can imagine, like a, like a sledgehammer on a pivot like a fulcrum yep. that you slam down on your workpiece like on an anvil using like your foot so like you kind of like yeah. push it's like like an old style oh. sewing machine has that pedal yes. that you rock back and forth you know yeah it's kind of like that i've definitely yeah. seen those before i've always wondered because you know you're only getting so much power as however hard you're slamming your foot i wonder how effective well, there's a little bit of are. physics to it so you yeah get a there's little more you get the weight of the hammer leverage. yeah so if anybody's oh. ever used one and has some feedback for Alexander on that, um, give him the feedback on that, I'd hit up that, full please. steam for sure. He, yeah. yeah, Chris, I forgot about that. Chris does He's been fucking so anyways, with one for a while. Hey, I got a question for the after show if we don't have anything. Yeah, sure, we don't have what's one, up? so go for it. I, I want to know what your greatest accomplishment has been making things. So Ooh. what's your greatest build or... Whatever, just your greatest accomplishment uh, in your maker history. I like it. All right, we'll answer that in the after show. And uh, and if you are listening to my voice right now, it means you made it through a whole episode of work for it. We truly appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing it. Thank you so much for working hard and being a part of this community because without you, this doesn't exist. And, and we just love you guys so much. And we love watching what you're doing on WFI Projects. So if anybody out there has anything, wants to ask us a question about anything, feel free to send us a message. Yes, to Brian's Even balls if you're not really are that big. They're really that big. And they're furry. <laughs> Yikes. And they dangle. Remember me saying that I want to come down and, and be in Florida weather and hang out? Maybe I should rescind that. Hey, man, balls, bring your gold bond balls. powder, buddy. Ugh, yeah. it's, it's swamp ass season down here. Anyway, all right, off to the after show. We appreciate you guys. See you on the flip side. Yo!